Thank you, Richard. Well, uh, it certainly is good to be back. We've been away for nearly a month now. Uh, we've uh, been to Chicago, where we attended the Global Leadership Summit. Uh, it, it's held live at the beginning of August, and then all the talks are, are videoed and taped and then edited. Uh, and then it uh, goes around the world, and we host it, as Richard rightly said, in October, and we're looking forward to that. And uh, I have to say to you, it, it was just such a privilege to be there at the sort of live recording thing in the Willow Creek Church. 8,000 people in the church itself, but 78,000 people were watching it through what they call simulcasts throughout North America and Canada. Uh, but at the end of the, at the end of the journey, and I suppose that's the word to call it, 170,000 leaders worldwide in the most out-of-the-way places, some of them, will have uh, gone through this conference where we're just trying to raise our game as, as Christians and Christian leaders. And it was just such an awesome privilege to be there. This thing has grown without any kind of promotion in the sense that there's not some sort of PR team or Saatchi and Saatchi banging out there. This has grown through almost through word of mouth. So that now, uh, in this year, there's going to be a global leadership summit in Phnom Penh in Vietnam. They're happening in Russia. They're happening in Siberia, would you believe it, all sorts of extraordinary places where, where Christian leaders, and by leaders I mean somebody who's leading three friends on a sofa and going through the Word of God, Some, and then others who are leading you know, mega churches, people just coming together saying, we need to raise our game in order to accomplish all that God has in his heart to do. And so it was just an enormous privilege to be there. Thank you for sending us, church. But also, I want to say, you know, if you haven't already booked into to that or offer to serve at that, you know, get your, get, ring up the office, speak to Michelle or to Karen or whoever, and, and just make sure that you get yourself booked in on that because it's an awesome privilege to be there and to host one is incredible. We've been in from the beginning and seen this thing grow beyond all expectation. So we did that, then we had a bit of holiday, uh, and then we, uh, we went to a church called Bethel in Redding, California, which uh, quite a few of you know of. It, it's, it's one of those kind of hotspot places to be at the moment. Bill Johnson and his team travel the world teaching. But Fliss and I wanted to go to the home church on a non-conference event just to see what the church was like. I, I have this sort of thing that, you know, we can all do a good job at a conference, but what's the home church like? You know, what's, what's you know, when you meet ordinary people who've been there for 20 odd years, you know, what are they like? And, and, and that's, you know, that, that really is is the measure of, uh, and fruit of the ministry, if they're doing it at home, you know. And uh, so it was only a fantastic privilege to be there. And, and, and really, I was totting it up this morning, and I, I just have to say to you that, you know, over this last month, as Fliss and I have been away and spent time with the family and been to these, these churches, we've been to four other churches. We've been to many hours of services and seminars but we've been to the Willow Creek Community Church, of course. I mentioned that. We also went to Mountain Brook Community Church in California, which is a vineyard church. They send their greetings. We went to Calvary Chapel uh, in San Luis Obispo, which is a very large sort of student-based church. Uh, and, and then finally we went to Bethel. And some, there was this thread that was running through all of it. Uh, and that is that God is uniting his people. Yeah. God is bringing people together. 
You know, we went to Willow Creek in a very different kind of setup, but we sung similar songs, sometimes even the same songs. We went to Mountain Brook in California, and we felt as if we were home because it's a vineyard. We went to Calvary Chapel. We found there that, that they were singing vineyard songs. We went to Bethel, and I've got a lovely story to tell you about that in just a moment, but we sung vineyard songs there. And, and there was this tremendous sense of connection. And, and I, I think it just struck us more so than ever before that God is at work, not behind the scenes, but, but actually quite overtly bringing people together, bringing nations together, bringing communities together, healing communities. And the fact that we came this morning, and I was so delighted when I looked at the calendar and realized it was a communion Sunday where, where we break bread in, and, and come together in that special way. I was so thrilled because it seemed to be something of what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I want to say to you that God is the God of the brokenhearted. God is the one who heals broken bodies. So if, if you, even with the little iota of faith, a mustard seed of faith placed your hand on your body today, or you with a, a mustard seed of faith raised your hand because of some great sort of distracting issue in your life at the moment, I want you to know that in God's presence, you are in the presence of one who says, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. You, my friend, have come to the right place. Amen? Amen. Well, let me just pray, and then I'll... I'm terribly jet-lagged at the moment. I think it's three in the morning, so I'll do my best to uh, share God's heart. But um, let's pray. Father God, I want to say thank you to you for your, your astounding grace and goodness. And Lord God, I want to say to you that uh, it's been an enormous privilege to have the opportunity to go and, and visit churches overseas and to be embraced by them and embraced by your Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, I want to say thank you for those insights that you have shared with Fliss and myself. May we faithfully pass those on. But also I want to say thank you personally for those words that you've spoken through others to my heart, things that are to be cherished and kept, kept secret, things that you've said to, to Fliss and myself about our present and our future. And so Lord, I pray now that uh, Lord, you would just minister each one of us and that, Lord God, you would speak to us. And these are not idle words, but empower them by your Spirit, because your word brings life. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so a verse of Scripture that has really begun to impress, the Lord has impressed it on my, on my spirit while we've been away, is, is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. And it's simply this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think I have got something there. Thank you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's, uh, to be frank with you, uh, it's, it's a verse of Scripture that has been familiar to me for many, 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 many years. Very early on in my Christian walk, I, I met a, a guy who became a very good friend and is still a good friend, who he and his wife were very gifted musicians, and they wrote a musical called Yesterday, Today, Forever. And 
There's nothing like you know, singing scripture to, to remember scripture. So this is not like it's something I've just discovered. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. But I have felt myself, as it were, meditating on that while I've been away. And as I've gone to all these other churches, I have found that uh, you know, the Lord has just wanted to impress that upon me. And I've, I, it kind of got to that point where I thought, okay, yeah, I, I, I think I understand it. But it was an invitation. It was an invitation, as it were, from the Lord to dig deep and dig for gold in that. You know, get a spade and shovel out and get, get stuck in to understand what that means and the implications of that. You know, too often when it comes to the Word of God, we, we, we just, we're just brushing leaves around. Where, in fact, we should be digging deep. We should be digging deep. There's gold to be found there. God's word is life. And if we'll, we'll get into it and we'll think about it and ask God to reveal his word to us, we'll do more than just sort of shift a bit of litter around. We will actually uncover the ground and dig down and find seams of gold, things that we, we were not aware of, things that were hidden that God is wanting to, to reveal to us. I've said it before and I'll go on saying it, that I'm challenged by by interactions in the scriptures where God visits his people and he, he asks himself the question, shall I reveal? Shall I reveal to Abraham what I'm about to do? Shall I reveal? Shall I reveal? And I want to say, Lord, yes, reveal your word to me. You know, I, I love the narrative stories of scripture. I love the poetry of scripture. I love the prophetic in scripture. I love the, the, the word and the theology in scripture. But you can just read it through and it can go woof, woof, woof. And you can say, well, I've done my 10 verses today and I've done my Bible reading and I've said my prayer, so that's it. You know, folks, you're missing it if that's all that it makes. If that's the secret history of your walk with Jesus, it's too light. It deserves more of you that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make it your priority. Remember, excuse me, remember I said that before I left. Make it your priority and then all these other things shall be added unto you. <clears throat> Excuse me. By the way, while I was away, one of the other treats that I had while, while Fliss and I were away was to, to listen to the podcasts of what was going on here. And I, I just want to say thank you to, to Nick Griffin and to James Barringer and Henry Cross and Anine Statler last week, who did, I thought, an awesome job preaching. Just give them a little round of applause. And of course, I want to say thank you to Richard and the rest of our staff team here and all of our volunteers and ministry heads who, who just kept things going apace while we were away. It's just so encouraging to come home and find that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever here in St. Albans, you know, a wonderful thing. So God was kind of encouraging me to dig deeper into this. So I found myself kind of unpacking it in a kind of almost analytical manner, and I thought, well, okay, so... What are you saying to me, Lord? You're saying to me that you're the Lord of time. Well, that's a good thing to think about. The Lord of time, yesterday, today, forever. Okay. So you're the Lord of yesterday. The Lord of yesterday. And of course, you know, as we read the scriptures, we begin to understand. We begin to understand who God is and how he deals with his people. We begin to understand his character we begin to anticipate how he will react to certain situations and how he has reacted and how he has dealt with his people. And yes, he, he is a great and awesome God, but he is loving and merciful. 
And of course, if you want to kind of get a handle on who God is and how he is, well, as it said in that, that Ephesians 1 passage that I read, I think during the, the prayer preceding the communion, you know, he is the radiance of God's glory. If you want to know what God the Father, God Almighty is right, read what they call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because there, Jesus walks amongst us, the Son of God, and is clearly revealed. You get a real feeling for the man Jesus. But in that, there is a divine clue. There is gold to be dug because as you understand and see how Jesus is, so the book of Hebrews tells us, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. So when you see Jesus, you see God. So if you're confused and you don't know where to start and God Almighty is just somebody far away and he's really as mad as hell with you, you know, as you look at Jesus and begin to see what grieves him, what makes him laugh, what pleases him, how he was with his disciples, you begin to discover the heart of God. Not some superficial thing you learned at Sunday school 25 years ago when some priest scared the living daylights out of you. But you begin to find out what God is really like. So looking at the past through, particularly through the scriptures, is a wonderful way of digging for gold in the yesterday. Jesus is the Lord of yesterday. But for some of you, indeed many of you, your yesterdays, your walk with God may involve some special encounter with him. Certainly that's true for me and for many of you. I was delighted to talk to Kev Nash, the head of our children and youth department, who was saying what a wonderful time our, our young people had at Soul Survivor this year. 10,000 young people, 1,400 gave their lives to Christ. That was a, they heard angels singing. I heard angels singing this morning. I often hear angels singing when we're here. It's an extraordinary thing. But they had an experience, an encounter. There was an event, and they will look back on that. And they'll, you know, they'll do, go through the rest of their education and they'll go off to uni and they'll, you know, please God, meet someone and marry and have kids and develop careers and some of that will be in the church. Please God. But whatever comes, they will look back on the scriptures and they will look back the yesterdays of that event and that will help clarify and define the God who is the God of yesterday. But one of the exciting things I went on then to realize was that, that God is the God of today. And there's nothing like a little bit of traveling that, that Fliss and I were privileged to do over the last four weeks. Visiting other churches, going to meetings, not just Sunday mornings, but to other meetings as well. I remember going to a, a, a renewal meeting one Friday night. I remember going to a, a healing rooms. We have a thing called the healing place here. Uh, just phenomenal times. Uh, and you realize this, that God is on the move. I cannot think of a more exciting time in history. And I'm a bit of a church history buff. I like reading about yesterday's revivals because it helps me to know what to expect. One might say expect the unexpected. I love that, that, that little thing that, that Anin taught us on last week, surrendering to the suddenly. Get ready for the suddenly and get ready to surrender because we can react and be hostile and oppose what God is doing, but be ready to surrender to the suddenly 
But as you go around and as you meet with other leaders and as you meet with other pastors, as Fliss and I have, as we've met with people who've been in the church for 20 years, like many of you have been in the church for 20 odd years, you have to say, God is on the move. And the extraordinary thing is, and the thing that almost authenticates it to me, is it's the, that in one sense, it's the same everywhere. You know, what's happening here at the end of this industrial estate in Hertfordshire, in St. Albans, you know, bears a distinct resemblance to what he's doing in Chicago. A distinct resemblance to what he's doing in Los Angeles. A distinct resemblance to what he's doing in San Francisco. We visited all these places. A distinct resemblance to what he's doing in Redding, California at Bethel Church. It is uncanny. It's extraordinary. It is good to be interacting with our living God today. And we find today that he's healing people. This year alone, we've had some extraordinary healings. I think of the young man, Chris, who, who, was, who was blind in one eye and got his sight back. He thought he was on fire, and God gave him his sight back. I think of the many of you who are quietly going through the agony of childlessness, unable to conceive, who have conceived, who've, who've brought kids, are in, your kids are in kids' ministry this morning, for years you'd struggled with that, and suddenly you came to the front, you asked for a prayer, and God healed you. Whatever that means in your given situation. Our God is at work today. His sleeves are rolled up. It's time to roll up your sleeves. Are you in? Or are you out? Are you still standing on the sidelines watching the workers thinking, hmm, I wouldn't do it that way. Listen, there's an invitation. God is on the move today. Are you in church? Yes. Thank you. Getting excited here. Ooh. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This Jesus is the Lord of all glory. Week by week, in some churches. As many of you know, I was ordained an Anglican priest many years ago. In the Anglican church, we had communion. In my first church, when I was a curate, we used to have communion not once a week, or we have it once a month here. We used to have it two times on a Sunday, and then we would have it two times during the week, four in all. And every time you did what they call the Eucharistic prayer, which we kind of touch on sometimes here, there was always that affirmation, that, remem that reminder born straight out of Scripture where Jesus says to his people, he says, do this in remembrance of me until I come again. Until I come again. There is this forward looking of the kingdom that is still to break in upon us. God is at work today, but he's working towards an end, and that's to bring his kingdom in. And in that time and at that moment, Jesus will be revealed to all nations. And it says in the scriptures that every knee shall bow. If you've got a Bible with you, I didn't ask uh, Matt to put it up, but just turn with me to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus we're told, says his goodbyes to the disciples and he ascends visibly into heaven. He doesn't sort of just 
disappear like Star Trek Enterprise, he ascends into heaven. And verse 11, it says this in chapter 1, it says that two angels, as the disciples watched Jesus being taken up into heaven, suddenly they were in the company of angels. They all saw them. And the angels said to the men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him going to heaven. He's coming back, folks, to establish his kingdom, an eternal kingdom, the kingdom of God. It is breaking in upon us. That's what these kind of signs and evidences, they're signs and wonders. They're they're there to, to remind us that God is present. He is at work. Are you in, church? And we're working to an end. Thank you, John. I'll give you the fiver later. (laughs) Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is gold to be dug there. I'm not going to dig it all for you. You dig that seam. How does it apply to you? What do your yesterdays consist of? Have you surrendered them all to God, or are you still living in the shame of them today? That should not be the case. Have you bought into the fact that God is at work today? Are you still on the sidelines wondering? Has it even occurred to you that there is a purpose in this, that we're working towards something, that God is bringing his kingdom in upon us? And we are the privileged ones. We are, as it were, in the vanguard. Our duty is to herald what God is doing. That's the call that is upon us. So I thought about that. Jesus invited me to dig deep. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God of yesterday, the God of today, the God of forever. But then I felt that there was more. God started speaking to me about the God of of time, yes, but the Lord of space, too. The Lord of space. And I, I wasn't quite, this was fairly early on, and I hadn't quite grasped this, but I began to get it because... Jesus was painting it by numbers for me. He was making it clear. You know, I went to, Fliss and I, we hadn't been to uh, Chicago for a couple of years, and, and so we didn't, weren't quite sure what to expect. And, and yes, things have moved on. They've got a compassion ministry now, which is just like our compassion ministry. God bless you, feed team. But, but somewhat larger, I have to say, but they have the same values, a concern not just to give away food, but the dignity of the individual. They talk about the dignity of the individual. They talk about transformation, and this was the big problem we had when dealing with the local council about when they asked us to help them with the food bank. They just wanted us to give away food. How can we efficiently give away food? And we said, well, I think we know how to do that, but actually there's more to it than just giving away food. We want to talk about transformation. We want to talk about wholeness. We want to talk about talking about healing and mending of communities. Well, that, yeah, that's a Christian thing. We can't really let that kind of impinge too much. How, how do you give away food? And it was difficult, a difficult conversation. But there we were, just to get back to my point, we were, uh, we were at Willow Creek and we went around their compassion ministry and they're using the same, they have the same values. They, they, they want to see transformation in people's lives, not just a bag of food. They want to, they're concerned about the dignity of people. You know, we are all of us made in God's image. It may be marred. Life happens. 
It may be marred, but we were made and we are wonderfully made in the image of God. So God was talking to us about time, yes, and space. And I began to see that there was connection. Where I thought there was connection, there was more connection between us and what was happening in Chicago, Willow Creek. They're not vineyard, they're another denomination entirely. Then we went to Mountain Brook and we found family there. There was connection. Different place entirely. And I'm beginning to say, okay, God, I get it. You are at work in this world today, and we need to raise our sights because we've been caught up into something bigger than ourselves, church. And then we went, we went to Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel and, and Vineyard, we haven't got time to go into it. They, they, they both were birthed about 30 years ago. The denomination Vineyard, we were birthed 25 years ago here, but the denomination was birthed 25, 35 years ago. And there was a bit of bad history in those early days, a bit of difficulty about, about the way services were done, and there was a bit of kind of toing and froing, and it wasn't very pretty. But to go to a Calvary church now and to find my own, my own daughter and son-in-law leading worship, they have been appointed the church pastor, the worship pastors there. Incidentally, do pray for Sam. He's in, he, he's in Norway as I speak. I was supposed to pray for him earlier on actually about, uh, Sam is in Norway with our, one of our teams leading worship even as we speak. Talk about the same yesterday, today, forever, Lord of time and space, connections, cross-fertilization, visions bigger than the local. So we went to Calvary and we were able to worship there and the word was spoken and the prayer and we felt like we were accepted. There was home and it was no difference. And then we go to Bethel. And Fliss and I, those of you who know, not everybody will know this, but, but Bill Johnson, uh, he, he has written many books, and he's something of the flavor of the month at the moment, if I dare say. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got a lot of good things to say. And there's a lot of excitement about Bill Johnson and Reading and all the rest of me. So we went there with a certain amount of awe and wonder. And we walked into the first meeting. And, uh, you know, they had smoke machines and blisteringly loud music like we do. And I thought, you know, this feels like home. And I looked at Fliss, and she said, it feels like home. And then they're singing vineyard songs. And then the Lord speaks to me ever so clearly, I am the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the same. I am the same. I am the same. And I'm saying, yes, Lord, I got it, I got it, I got it. So now I'm into the whole sort of working on the whole geography thing. I'm trying to think through the time thing, and I'm a lot of time and space, and so you're the same. And so Fliss and I go to this prayer ministry thing on a, on a Saturday morning. We kind of sneak in, and there's hundreds of people there, hundreds of people. It's like healing rooms, and there's just you know, hundreds of people getting prayer ministry, and it goes on all morning. Well, finally... After about three hours, Fliss and I, uh, we're, we're just kind of quietly sitting in the auditorium where they're playing worship, and, and, and a couple comes up to Fliss, and a couple come up to me, and they start praying for me. And, and um, it, I have to say this, I, I went forward because I have a little bit of tinnitus, you know, too much loud music for too many years. But I have a little bit of tinnitus, and so I said to, I said to this lady, I, she said, what do you want prayer for? I said, tinnitus. And she said, well, let's pray for that. And so she starts clapping her hands by my ear. And after about the third one of those, I say, can we, can we stop the clapping? <laughs> I tell you, it was like somebody jabbing, getting, like they got a loo brush and was poking it down my ear. You know, like, oh, oh, oh gosh, you know. So that was a moment. But anyway, we got over that one. And uh, <laughs> we got over that. Bless her heart, she was well-meaning. 
<laughs> and um, anyway, so that finishes, and I, I thought, well, that was lovely. You know, thank God, bless them. They placed very sweetly, just as our ministry team here does, and felt totally at home and at ease. It was the same. And then this guy who's been praying for somebody else over there, he, uh, he comes over and uh, he says, uh, can I, I think God has a word for you. Uh, can I start praying for you? Can I, would you mind if I prayed for you? And I said, not at all. I'd, I'd love to have a word from God. So he starts to prophesy over me. And some lady's praying for Fliss and starts prophesying over me. And it just goes on and on and on. And it's like he's reading my mail. And he reiterates every prophetic word in summary. This goes on for 20, 25 minutes. Every prophetic word that I've got in my journal, my secret journal at home. Every prophetic word about the good and great things God has in store for me and my family and for this church and the future of this church and our ministry here. He spoke specifically about about translocal ministry. He spoke about our church plants, not knowing that we're sending out church plants this year. He, it was extraordinary. And I, I, I've had some people, prof, you know, prophetic ministry uh, over the years, and it's always been good. There's always been something to glean. Sometimes it's felt like leaves, but you dig a bit deeper, and there's something, there's some gold there. But this was just extraordinary. And I do not mind admitting, I, you know, I... Uh, I have a little bit of a trouble with tears for other for reasons I won't bother to go into, but I started weeping, and I didn't want to weep, but I couldn't help weeping. I'm weeping, and I'm in the Father's presence because our God is the God of today. And he's just speaking into my life, and I'm trying to remember it and all the rest of it. Anyway, you know, I finish off, and I'm all sort of snotty and everything, which is all very embarrassing. And I look at this guy, and I blear through my tears, and I say, I say to him, I said, uh, sorry, what's your name? He said, Malcolm. Well, prophets are usually called Ezekiel and Isaiah, <laughs> but apparently there's one called Malcolm, uh, so I've found out. Uh, and um, I said, that was just extraordinary, Malcolm. I, I, you, know, you, you, you couldn't know, you couldn't possibly know, but you have reiterated words that have been spoken to me over the years. I, I, I just... I just need to sit down. And uh, I said, where are you? Where? He said, where are you from? And I said, oh, uh, St. Albans, it's just a city just north of... He said, oh, I know that. I, I was brought up there. <laughs> I, I thought he was joking. I said, not St. Albans in New Zealand or St. Albans in, in California or St. Albans in Canada. St. Albans in Hertfordshire. Yes, he said, I went to school. I went to live just down the London Road. <laughs> I've gone all the way... <laughs> To California, I'm jet-lagged like a dog to get a prophetic word, which is basically a reiteration of everything that God's already said to me. And the bloke's called Malcolm, and he comes from St. Albans. <laughs> but you know what? I loved it. It made me laugh out loud. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, Lord of time and space. It was a deep lesson to me. We can chase here, there, and everywhere to find a, you know, we feel we're missing out. We want to go elsewhere and catch something that God's Listen, peace be with you. Go deep. Go deep into God. Dig into God. Don't be satisfied with dry leaves around the surface. Dig deep into God. He is here. 
And so what does that mean? What's the application for that? Well, he's the same, and he is with us. Let that sink in. What does that mean for the sickness in your body? What does that mean for your present and your future? What does that mean for your plans and, and, and plans and purposes for the future? What does that mean for your family? Are you going to stand on the sidelines? Or are you going to roll up your sleeves? Are you going to worry about your place and your significance? Or are you going to surrender to the suddenly? Because Jesus Christ is here. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's have the worship team back up and we'll finish with a song. Now, I just want to encourage you, if uh, my earlier invitation when I said put your hand on your body or put your hand up if there's some issue in your life, you may have done that half-heartedly. I hope that I've stirred up faith within you, church. And you may want to take the opportunity to go to my right, your left at the end of the service and get somebody to pray for you. Because maybe... We've gone a little deeper than just scratching the surface for you. Maybe today you may just find yourself believing and trusting in this Jesus. I also want to say to you, because many people are coming to us now who have been out of the church, out of faith. If that's you this morning, God bless you. I want to say to you specifically, as Malcolm from St. Albans spoke specifically to me, Chris Lane from St. Albans says to you, welcome home. And I want you at the end of the service to go to my right your left, I want you to say to the person who prays for you, I want to become a Christian. I, want, I don't want to stand on the sidelines. I want to get rid of my sin and I want, to, I want to buy in. If that is you, do not delay. Do that at the end of the service. Let me just pray now. Father, I pray now that this word that's been uncovered, this gold that's been, that, that Lord God has been brought out of the depths, that Lord God, that will that will shine on us, that that will bias your, into, into the future. Lord God, we pray that that, that treasure will be, be cherished by us. Your word, your living word, will, we will hold on to that word. It will find a good soil in us. And that, Lord God, you would bear fruit in us and that your kingdom will come and all those purposes that you have, you have in your hands for us will come to pass. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.